MSW Media. Hey guys, it's Dan. Before we get rolling with this episode, I'll tell you about an exciting thing we have coming up. We're going to be doing a live recording of this podcast in New York City at the Stand Comedy Club on Wednesday, June 16th. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 7.30. My special guests include actor Colin Donnell and comedians Christina Hutchinson, Joe DeRosa, and Justin Silver. We're going to have some great drink specials. It's going to be amazing. If you're in the New York area and you want to come to the show, go to thestandnyc.com. Thestandnyc.com. Click on Shows, then click on June 16th, and you'll see it right there. You can buy your tickets. I would love to see you. If you can't make it to the show, Flaviar is going to be live streaming the show on their YouTube channel. Again, that's Wednesday, June 16th at The Stand in New York City. What we're drinking with Dan Dunn and friends. Speaking of friends, what do you think of that, Meredith Salinger and Pat Oswalt? Hi, this is Pat Oswalt. And this is Meredith Salinger. And you're listening to What We're Drinking. With the very handsome Dan Dunn. <laughs> glug, glug. Glug, glug. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. Well, this is what we're drinking with and done. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Dunn. I'm so glad you're here with us on this episode, our 129th episode. Who knew? Never imagined we'd make it this far. I thought maybe 11, 12, I'd run out of steam. But here we are, 129. And on this episode, we'll be joined shortly by actress Patty Murin. Patty Murin, the original Princess Anna on Broadway in Frozen. Played another role I cannot pronounce. She's been in movies and TV. She was on Chicago Med. Is it Med? Yeah, Med. Chicago Med. Patty Muir is going to be with us in a bit. And what we're drinking is Stellum. Stellum Spirits is a new brand that was launched by our friends at Barrel Craft Spirits. Joe Beatrice has been on this show. Joe's just, I love having him on. The guy just knows. He's forgotten more about whiskey than, than most people know. I love that old saying. And... So they created, Barrelcraft Spirits created Stellum as a more affordable line uh, to go along with their their Barrelcraft Spirits line, which just wins every award out there. And Stellum is already coming out of the gate hot, way hot. So we're going to be drinking the Stellum bourbon and the Stellum rye. And these are estimable, what is wrong with my mouth today? Estimable whiskeys. The bourbon is at a, almost 115 proof, and the rye is at 116 proof. So this, these babies got some kick to them. But I am excited to to drink those whiskeys with Patty Murin. She's going to be playing the role of our spirits expert today. First, I want to uh, do a little thing here every once in a while on the show. To, stuff that's just driving me to drink. It's it's driving me to drink. <laughs> It's driving me to drink. 
in Los Angeles, there is a 72-hour parking law in Los Angeles. Basically, if you leave your car parked in a spot for longer than 72 hours, even if there are no signs, no parking restrictions, LA can ticket and impound your vehicle, okay? Now, I live in a very residential section of Venice, Venice Beach, you call it, but I'm on the east side of it. It's it's quiet. There's plenty of parking. My block, I could invite 20 people over. There'd be no problem finding parking. So I've, I just got a ticket the other day. I I didn't go anywhere. I was here. I'm just, it's COVID. I'm not, I'm working from home. I'm just not driving the car. I came out and I got a ticket for the 72 hour for having my car there. Now, clearly someone called. It's part of the rule is someone's got a call on you. So I'm almost positive it's my fuckface neighbor, excuse my language, who I'm uh, in a little bit of a battle with. Now, I try to explain to the person, I called the parking authority and I'm, I'm a woman on that. I don't know if I say very nice woman. She was, uh, no, she wasn't helpful. So I, I'm explaining to her what I'm explaining to you, that I live here. I'm not going anywhere because I don't have a job to go to. I work at home. And I didn't drive my car. I'm being a responsible citizen. I'm trying to do my part for the environment and the world and gas. And I got this ticket. And she basically told me, you know, I'm shit out of luck. Now, here's the problem. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, I'm going to the East Coast. Finally, my first trip in 15 months. We're going to be doing a show back there at the stand in New York City on June 16th. I'm going to be in North Carolina. I'm going to be in Virginia, Philly. I'm going all over the place. No, I'm going to be gone. And I said, so if what's to stop this guy from calling them and I'm going to come home and my car is going to be gone. And I don't know if you've ever had your car towed in Los Angeles. They charge about $200 a day for every day that it's in the lot. I live here. There's no parking. Why can I not leave my car in front of my house? Can I put a note on it? He says, no, I need to arrange for someone to move it every 72 hours if my neighbor or go settle my beef with my neighbor. And I've done some reading on it. It really has been used a lot as retaliation in neighbor versus neighbor disputes. In fact, I found a quote from Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, who says, well, it's on the books no matter what. So that is something that all citizens should know, all residents should know exists for 72-hour parking. I don't think the rules have to always be written in stone in a way that we can't be human about them. They do exist, I think, less out of retaliation than making sure everyone has a shot to have a parking space and that nobody squats on that for too long. Again, as I explained to the woman, there's myriad parking opportunities on my block. There's no way that I'm preventing someone else from parking with my car. I said, I'll take a picture. It's the middle of the day. I'll take a picture. There's probably two cars out there and 30 spots. Didn't matter. So basically what she's telling me is I need to figure out something to do with my car. Now, fortunately, I do have a backyard driveway thing that I'm going to have to clear out and put my car in there because of this. But it's just stupidity and bureaucracy. And we all hate that. And that's what's driving me to drink. And I'll admit it. I get too worked up about this stuff. I'll... I'll own that. That's another thing. It's another beef I got. Can we retire the word owning as it relates to your personal behavior, your emotions? It's just, it's been overused to the point of meaninglessness. I'm owning this. You got to own that about yourself. And I'm from Philly, so we go, own, own it. No, just be, okay? From now on, owning should be about if you physically are talking, like I'm thinking about owning a home. I'm thinking about 
owning VR glasses because I'm really into porn. Oh, did I say that out loud? What else? All right, well, here's what makes me feel better. Not everything bugs me. Some things make me feel better. They do. I, uh, my friends at Trinchero, Landon Donnelly is the new winemaker at Trinchero, which is a very famous Napa Valley winery. And Landon uh, came on last year, and this he's really kind of, you know, his, his first round of wines are starting to come out. And they sent me a bottle of this uh, 2020 Mary's Single Vineyard Sauvignon Blanc. And what a delicious wine. I got to tell you, man, this thing just blew me away. And they also sent, uh, like I said, they sent a caviar. A, it's called Regis Ova. I don't know if I'm screwing that up, but it's it's Thomas Keller, Chef Thomas Keller's line of caviar. I don't get to eat caviar that often, I'm telling you, be honest with you. But they, you know, they sent the creme fraiche, the little pearl spoon, you got crackers, and, oh, if you get the chance to do a, a, a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc, and when I say a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc, you know, the elements that I'm, that I'm looking for here is that lemon zest, that fresh peach flavor, that honeydew melon flavor that just, and you get that textural richness and, and that vibrant acidity. I, it, that's what I'm talking about. You get a wine like that, and that's what this Trinchero Mary Single Vineyard 2020 is. And you pair that, that minerality in that wine with the caviar. That's a treat. And I think we need to treat ourselves. It's been, it's been a rough 13, 14, 15 months. Treat yourself. Just do it. You know? Make it happen. I'm going to treat myself to some Stellum. The Stellum, baby. Stellum! It's that time of year again. New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around to different therapists and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better and it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say and that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to 
to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And Talkspace makes it easy to keep. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S-T-A-R-B-U-R-N-S. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code STARBURNS. Joining me now, a star of stage and screen whose Broadway credits include a name I'm about to screw up. Lysistrata Jones. Lysistrata Jones. I, we'll That's get the, great. Is that right? All right. Nice. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Lysistrata Jones. And let me see if I can get this one. Princess Anna. Actually, you did that wrong. It's Anna. Anna. All right. I screwed that one up. Princess Anna. I'm the worst. Princess Anna in Frozen. On Broadway, on the TV, on the boob tube, she had a recurring role on the NBC medical drama Chicago Med and starred in the Hallmark Channel film Love on Iceland alongside her husband, Colin Donnell, who, as regular listeners know, happens to be this program's official East Coast co-host. Please welcome to the show, Patty Murin. Patty, hi. Hi. Good to see you. Good to have you (laughs) on. You too. Honestly, the Lysistrata, you did really great with that. The other day, someone called me Listeria Jones, and I was like, well, isn't that a disease? Isn't that a like a food poisoning or something? That's the one that you're not supposed to eat cold cuts while you're pregnant, so you don't get Listeria. That's right. Yeah. Well, so uh, your work is A plus. Lysistrata. Yes, Estrada. Yes. What yep. is what is it? What was Lysistrata Jones? I, I I don't. I admittedly don't go to Broadway often. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually based on a, a Greek comedy uh, written by Aristophanes back in like you know the like negative years. Um, and basically, the premise of it is that the the women's women of Athens and Sparta decide to go on a sex strike. Um, until the their husbands stopped fighting in the Peloponnesian War. I and remember. So update, I do recall this yes. story. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. And so the update for it for um for Broadway was that it was a basketball team and the girlfriends decided to form a cheerleading squad and and try to, you know, get them to win a game because they didn't care. And then finally they had to pull a, a sex strike on them. And so it was I, you know I remember because Colin told me he was so upset when you were researching the role. It was a very rough time for him. Well, that would have been weird because I wasn't even with him then. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm making that up. Um, Well, I uh, first of all, let's have a toast here. I I mentioned earlier in the show we're drinking Stellum from from our friends at Barrel Craft Spirits. I, I made a cocktail. I did the Stellum bourbon. I like a good, you know, it's starting to get warm. I like a good bourbon and ginger. So I did mm. the Stellum bourbon, which, as I mentioned, won the gold medal at San Francisco World Spirits. And are you having it on the rocks? Is that what you got I'm going having on? it on the rocks, yeah. In your Jeopardy glass. Well, get this. Ready? It says Jeopardy on one side, and the other side says, who is Colin Donnell? What? Was that? Was he an actual Jeopardy question? No, but you can oh. you can get them on the... We bought a lot of Jeopardy merch. Lot to, I mean, we love Jeopardy. We watch it every single night together. And so we have t-shirts and onesies for wait the Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying you can get it custom made? Please yes. tell me Colin was actually on the cover of Time magazine because he showed me that and I hope he's not making that up. 
Sure, uh-huh. sure, sure. <laughs> this guy, I might yeah. have to. You know what? I might, I might have to rethink his position on this show if he's going to you be could, disingenuous. You could fake anything these days if you try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, uh, you just got back. You were in Malta, correct? Shooting, also yes. shooting another movie. Is this Love in Malta? What was this one called? No, this is actually called To Catch a Spy. It's Hallmark's first spy movie. Um, and it, it's there's actually very, very – there's no romance, essentially, which is going to be, you know, sort of shocking to a lot of Hallmark viewers. But um, I believe it will be aired on their Movies and Mysteries channel, which is sort of the sister channel to Hallmark. But it comes out June 20th, and we got to go to Malta for a month and shoot at the incredible locations and meet really incredible people. And um, yeah, we got to bring our, our daughter as well. And so because of quarantine, obviously she hasn't even been out of like our state. And so we were like, let's go to Malta. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, did you, did you play a spy in this one? No, I played, I played basically Colin was the male lead and I was the female lead's funny friend, which, you know, it's my, it was my third Hallmark movie is that. And I kind of like it. You I like being like the it. funny friend? I don't mind. There's just no pressure on the funny friend. You know what I mean? Because the, the thing with Hallmark is that their leads are always women, um, which is incredible. Uh, but that all, you know, it's a very it's a very fast-paced schedule, and they work a lot, uh, and they work very hard. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm good to just be a funny friend and sort of throw in some one-liners now and then. Yeah. It's kind of like um, Rita Wilson. Doesn't Rita Wilson, mm-hmm. she always plays the funny friend, right? Yep. Yep. It's a good, you can yep, make yep, a yep. good living as the funny friend. Yeah. Or Judy Greer is another one who's like super famous for playing the funny friend all the time. Um, and yeah, I, I get, you know, it, do, it does get sort of, I, I feel as though it probably does get tiring, but sometimes like, you know, I, I've been the lead of, of many shows and a lot of times I'm like, that guy had one song and everyone is like walking out of the theater talking about that guy, and, you know, and I'm like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> You want to be the one that you know, you just you know you pick one. your spots you get that you get that one shot and you kill it. Well, it's like yeah, I want to be the one that doesn't have to like you know like spend my heart and soul like for like one minute. You know what I mean? Which this sounds like such it's such a terrible thing to complain about, but like it's just it's just nice. It's nice too, especially coming off of Frozen and coming off of you know and like being a mom and stuff. It's just nice to sort of step on a set and like not have a lot of people needing anything from you. <laughs> by the way, don't apologize for that. I actually was considered doing a segment on the show called Uptown Problems, where oh, all I do are first world there problems where I just complain yeah. about things that any normal human being would be like, fuck yourself, man. Yeah, like, I'm I like, have at least like six more. Yeah. They flew, <laughs> you believe they flew me to that, uh, to Barbados in uh, business class instead of first? What the hell yeah. they think's going on here? No. Now let me <laughs> ask you, because we're going to jump around here, Patty. You you did try, you just tried the Stellum bourbon you're not a neophyte whiskey drinker. You 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 drink whiskey, but would you you would would you mm-hmm. say you're an aficionado of whiskey or somewhere in between? Oh no, no, I am. Um, I, I you know I enjoy a good whiskey. Um, every so often, usually like winter ish, but like, um, I, I tend towards I tend towards the wine. But Colin loves whiskey. And so I feel like I've actually gotten to try a lot of different whiskeys because I'll always have a sip of whatever he's drinking. And so because he always has something new, I actually feel like I do get to try, you know, new stuff. Um, th- this is really good. It's it's, really, isn't it? And, and what's, it's really good. It's smooth. I've never known what the word smooth means, but I'm like, oh, that's what smooth means. Well, what's great about this is, again, I mentioned Barrel is is the, you know, the flagship and that it's just wins so many awards it, it really just yeah. kills it and then they 
they come out with Stellum because they want to put something that's maybe, you know, in the, uh, frankly, just in the more affordable price range. Mm -hmm. And they do it. And then they go and they win the same awards. You know, they, like (laughs) I said, the rye, the rye wins double gold and, uh, at San Francisco world spirits and the, and the bourbon wins gold. And, you know, you're looking at, $55 $55 a bottle for this. So that sounds like uptown problems to me. It is, right? So, yeah. I mean, but look, you know, it's it's a very competitive market. And as mm-hmm. you mentioned, I mean, you know from Colin, I mean, he and I have had so many different whiskeys, wh- whether it's on this show or just when we're talking off the show. There's a lot of competition out there. And I think if you can deliver something that is really premium quality, Mm-hmm. And you're in that fifty dollar range. That's a sweet spot for for whiskey, oh, yeah. I think. You know, and uh, so yes. how? It, now I want to because again, it's possible that you don't say anything, but you could replace Colin as the East Coast co-host. Now, I what? Mean, what? It, what? How would you describe the bourbon? Let's hear your tasting notes on the bourbon as a professional or aspiring professional taster. Let, let take a second. Let me give you. Let me give you a little hint here. Okay. So here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna take your glass. Take a little nose. Don't ram your nose all the way in there. You want to kind of breathe it in because you stick your nose too far in, it uh, it'll burn out your nostrils. So, what are you getting on the nose? Caramel. Okay. Just whiskey. Car- <laughs> just, just caramel and whiskey. All right, I like it. <laughs> Tasting little bit, notes. A little bit of woodsy. Little woodsy. Woodsy. All right. So you're getting some of that wood caramel. Look, see here. You go. Look at now. I... She's thinking apple. Apple, yes. I, I don't know, but I'm. If you're getting wow. apple, then you're getting apple. All right, now let's let take a little sip, okay. and tell me what's happening now. Now I'm getting drunk. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that happens on this show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you should also know I'm the worst taster in the entire world. Like literally, I'm like this wine tastes like blue cheese. Like I just. It, it, you yeah. should just give it one of these. I like it. I think it's so good. You know what I love about it? Like I said, I, I never really knew what the word like. What it, I, it goes down so smooth. And I was always like, I, I I guess. This really does. It doesn't have that. It has a lovely taste, but it doesn't have like the crazy, you know, any sort of like burny situation that. Sure. It makes me want, it makes me want more of it. And what's what's interesting about this is let's see what the, uh, the alcohol say, I, by volume I... on this. This is a, you're not going to believe this. Uh-oh. This is almost. This is a hundred and fourteen point nine eight proof. Almost. This is very high proof, and the fact that you're not getting blown away by the alcohol is is really says something. You're going to be in trouble with Colin later <laughs> <laughs> when I stumble upstairs. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is a. So you know, just so you know how they're doing this, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're using three mash bills, which is. You know the, the the grains that are going into uh, be, to, into the whiskey before distillation, obviously. So two of them are very high rye, which mm-hmm. is going to give you the spice to it, and then the the third is almost exclusively corn, and it was mm-hmm. aged in barrels from from both Kentucky and Tennessee. So if you had to guess what the Tennessee barrels held before this, what would you say? What do they make in Tennessee that was probably, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess that those barrels from Tennessee once held a whiskey. Moonshine. Jack Daniels. Yes. From Tennessee. There we go. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I mean, so this is what we're getting. I just think it's, you know what it, 
to me, Patty, I think it's got a really round flavor to it. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what you're describing, that drinkability, mm-hmm. that roundness to it. It's, it, you know, it's, it's balance, right? Right, yeah. right. Now, well, I, it's like, I, I always knew, you know, like with, with liquor, especially, it's, it, it's like, the easier it is to drink, the better it is. You know what I mean? Where sometimes with wine, the easier it is to drink, like the worse it is actually. And so this is like- Wait, no, no. I, I, what do you mean by that? I, I want you to explain. Well, that. like the easier it is to drink, like the the more, you know, because it's it's really all the, the stuff that isn't very good that you're, you're like sort of like- Oh, you're talking about in like wine, whiskey. like you like some complexity in your wine. Maybe it's a little I, bit yeah. challenging. Okay. Yeah, I, sure. I, yeah. It's not something that you're going to like guzzle down. I mean- you know, it's unless you're a pro like me, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's something that you really want to like sip and savor and, and whatnot. And it's the stuff, you know, what that tastes like grape juice where you're like, this is <laughs> this is so easy to drink. Um, it's sort of the opposite. I feel like because this is I feel like this is easy to drink. And that's why I know that it's like a really great quality. As you're as you're speaking, I'm hearing Princess Anna. Like you have that you have that voice, right? Like you have the voice that you would need to do that. And I'm wondering you couldn't really be a hardcore whiskey drinker and play Pris- Princess Anna because your voice would start to sound like mine, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, why yeah. is Princess Anna so husky? Why is her voice so husky? What's wrong uh, with her? Yeah. Right? You know, it's uh, so maybe that's part of it. You know, you gotta you gotta keep the pipes. You gotta keep the pipes in in good shape. It is. It's it's very true. It's very true. And honestly, the thing that um, a lot of um, you know. <laughs> unofficial <laughs> vocal coaches and whatnot will say is if you're going to have a drink, make sure it's clear liquor. So like vodka. Um, when you're doing a show then, when you're doing a show, do you you certainly, I guess, have to sort of moderate your drinking, yes. obviously, right? Because, I mean, you're doing it, what, every day? How many shows a day? Uh, eight shows a week, six six days a week. So you do, normally it's Tuesday to Sunday, two on Wednesday, two on Saturday is the standard schedule. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. By the end, how, how much do you want to, do you just like, I hate kids? No, I'm kidding. I, I would be like, ah, <laughs> like by, after like six weeks of that, you're like, just shut the hell up. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I love kids. We love kids here. You know, well, of course. I hope yes, they're not listening. If you're out there listening, kids, stop listening right now. Yes. This. this is not a show for you. Yeah. Yeah. But so you, you, you did that. And then obviously, you know, a lot of things were going on and then everything screech to a halt yeah but yep when do you anticipate getting back on stage again um i don't know actually i know a lot of um obviously the broadway shows have started to announce their reopening dates and they they started really like moving towards rehearsing and whatnot but i had left frozen three weeks before the pandemic hit because i was pregnant and then actually frozen is one of the ones that is not coming back um they decided to to close it um did it, did it melt get it, did it? melt it. <laughs> it's called it's called it's called thawed now. i get i get funnier with each drink by the way so just <laughs> you just wait <laughs> um frozen frozen melted frozen's gone frozen melted yes and and, and you know it, it, it's gonna take a bit to get all the the broadway shows up and running that already were running so they they're not really diving into new ones yet you know because it's still well, isn't everything sort of. on Broadway, though, now I'm going to sound like a dick, but it just seems to me like the big shows lately, last few years, it's like, oh, now they're making Spider-Man. 
oh, now they're doing this property. It's it's all about IP, right? It's all about previous things that have done well in other mediums before. It, it's a lot of taking movies and putting them on stage, which honestly it can be very successful. Very successful. Like, say, um, Almost Famous. Imagine exactly. if that did really well. <gasps> I think that would be Who's the perfect in that? Broadway show. Is, well, full disclosure, Who is Colin Donnell. <laughs> full disclosure, uh, Colin Donnell, our East Coast co-host, was the playing the Russell Hammond character in yep. Almost Famous, which was about to hit Broadway and then COVID hit, right? Yes. Yep. They were sort of on the track there. They had premiered in San Diego in the fall of 2019, and uh, and then yep, everything just screeched to a halt. Um, but I know that they are still like determined you know they're they're gonna make it happen and i'm so glad because it is so good it is so good and i'm not just saying that because my husband's in it i swear um oh, i'm it's sure truly I'm sure it's you're not just saying fantastic. that because your husband's in it i mean we all know that i'm gonna see <laughs> I know, right? I'm, like... way, I'm gonna be seeing that guy i'm gonna be seeing that guy i don't know if he told you we are bringing the show to the east coast in in Yay! just in just a couple of weeks and uh Colin has vowed to make the trek to the city, to New York City, where I will be. And I would love great. it. If, I would love it if you could come. That'd be great. Yeah. We're when gonna, is that happening? It looks like we're going to be doing a live recording of the show of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn at the the stand. You know, the stand, the comedy club in the East Village. Oh yeah. On June sixteenth. Okay. At the stand, I'll, I'll put info at the imbiber on. On Instagram, you'll have all the info. I would love to have people come, and I hope, Patty, that you will be able to make the trip down, too, because there will be a lot of cool people there. I think we might be drinking some gin that night, maybe some Irish whiskey. Going to be fun. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. You can buy the finest spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home, but if you use crap mixers, you're going to get crap drinks. Let's face it, whipping up cocktails at home can be an expensive hassle, and that's why I am all about Fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of master mixologists into your home. All of the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. They're non-GMO, kosher, gluten-free, cold-pressed. It's all the good stuff. I could go on and on and on. Fresh Victor features seven unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. And Fresh Victor is ready to drink the moment you bring it home. Simply serve cold with ice, the spirit of your choice, or get fancy with one of their in-house mixologist award-winning recipes. Available nationwide, direct to your door via FreshVictor.com. It's also coming soon to a retailer near you. In the world of cocktail mixes, there's a holy grail, and that's Fresh Victor. Now, that out of the way, I want to I want to ask you about uh, some whiskey drinks, some of your okay. favorite cocktails. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to name two drinks, and you tell me of those two whiskey cocktails, which one you would prefer. Okay. First up, we have the Manhattan mm-hmm. or the Old Fashioned. Ooh, oh, that's hard. I mean, I'm going to say the Manhattan. Manhattan. And here's the thing. Why you also is must that? Know- well, I, I tend to, you know, I, I tend to sort of 
I tend to sort of go by like, oh, that sounds like a neat drink that I'd like tonight. So the Manhattan is sort of it's nostalgic. You know what I mean? The old fashioned is also Collins. And so I, I literally my mind goes to like if we were both out, he would get the old fashioned and I would get the so Manhattan. So you could you could sip each other's drinks. So everybody knows the Manhattan. Yeah. You make it with rye whiskey. I would think that Stellum rye would be incredible in a Manhattan sweet vermouth and bitters. The old fashioned is bitters. Uh, I, I I like my old fashions with rye. You can do it with bourbon, bitter, sugar, and an orange slice. All right, so you're going Manhattan. I yeah, I just Manhattan, especially right now, you know, because of everything that we've all been through. But you know, that's that's our city, and we we haven't we haven't been there in a bit because we were lucky enough to be able to go to our house. Um, and so I miss it and I love it and I can't wait to go back and drink a cocktail at a cocktail bar. So, yes. So the thing Manhattan. is, part of it is the fact that it's just named after your home, your city. I'm a little bit of a nostalgic sort of, you know what I mean? Like sure, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, an emo- I'm an emotional drinker. I okay. sort of drink what Are I Are you going to be crying by the end of the show? Weepy? Hopefully. Are you going to be a maudlin weepy drunk on our show? No, I hope not. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> Imagine if your favorite drink was like named Gary Indiana. Then you'd have to go oh, there. It'd be terrible. No. So, okay. I'd live there. You did live there? No, I said then I would oh, have to live Jesus. there. All right. So now let's go. All right. You went Manhattan over there. What about mm-hmm. a mint julep Ooh. or a whiskey sour? Mint julep. The mint julep. Not even okay, a hesitation. Hands down. Fresh mint, sugar, stellum oh. bourbon in there. You you like a good mint julep. Oh, All right. absolutely. All right. So absolutely. let me ask you now. The mint, the mint julep or the Manhattan? <laughs> mint julep. Mint Julep is moving yeah. on in the yep. Patty Murin drink sweepstakes. All right, now we're going to go the Boulevardier. Are you familiar with okay. the Boulevardier? That is a um, – it's basically a Negroni. It's a Negroni. But, but with, with bourbon. Yeah. Yes, call it. We were literally just talking about that t- tonight, like an hour ago. Okay. okay Boulevardier or? Vucari, which is rye whiskey, cognac. It's a, a French drink, obviously. Rye whiskey, cognac, sweet vermouth, Benedictine, and some bitters. I'm going to go with the Boulevardier. Boulevardier. Okay. Because I'd, I, I'd look at that and be like, I know what that is. <laughs> okay. Now, the whiskey highball, very mm-hmm. simple, just whiskey Ooh. and soda water, just wit, mm-hmm. or gold rush, which is bourbon, lemon juice, and honey syrup. Whiskey highball Ooh. or gold rush? Ooh. Okay. See, this is hard because it'd be like, I think I would like the gold rush better, but the whiskey highball... Again, it just sort of evokes like a 1920s kind of like vibe. You know what I mean? And so I think I would feel really cool drinking it, but I think I would like the Gold Rush better. I think you would like the Gold Rush. I love a Gold Rush. So let's it's one go of my Gold favorite. Rush. Right, so, yeah. Let's go against against the, the emotions. Okay. Yeah. So now Gold Rush or mm-hmm. a Boulevardier? Ooh, Boulevardier. And then finally, the Boulevardier. <laughs> Mint Julep. <laughs> we have a winner. The That's mint, it, mint julep. Everybody, if yeah. you see Patty Murin out on the town, buy her a mint julep and she will be your best friend, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's yes. That's a, that's just it's so fun. It's, it and it's is also a great so summery drink. and lovely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, you, you know what? You're not drinking a mint julep if you're down on your luck or if you're drowning your sorrows. You're not, you know, you just got dumped and you lost your job. You're not like, bartender, line me up a mint julep. When you're drinking a mint julep, Life is good. You got, you know, yeah. you got the world by the balls. You're like, here we yep. go. Give me a mint julep and go horse run. You know, that kind of thing. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah, uh, that that is. It's a hopeful drink. It's a it's a happy place drink. Yeah. A hopeful drink. I yeah. like that. I, I also might, I, might I also steal that like for a when, book title. Go for it. Yeah. I like when um when 
liquors sort of and like spirits kind of play against type. You know what I mean? Because you think about like bourbon and you're like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, sit in like a dark bar. Like that's sort of the first thing. And I like when it kind of goes the other way when it's like you're drinking bourbon, on, you know, on a sunshiny Saturday evening before, you know, the the yeah. uh, Kentucky Derby. Yep. And the it's, julep I does like that. that. It's the mint. Obviously, yeah. the mint and the yeah. sugar just picks you up. Well, that, it's oh, an interesting. So that's an interesting point is from a scientific standpoint. Alcohol is alcohol, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, but mm-hmm. everybody says they get a different vibe from what they're drinking. So if you had the same exact amount of alcohol, but you were drinking tequila mm-hmm. versus red wine, do you feel like your buzz is different? Thousand percent. Yeah. And it's also, I think, because of how it makes your body feel different, just in terms of like, you know, like how. I mean, red wine is obviously a different beverage. You know, it, it's heavier. It's sort of like a little more like, and so I feel like it makes my body feel more tired. <laughs> Where tequila, I'm like, get you up. You're going right. You're like, yeah. tequila, gin. okay. So what about like, say, gin? Like, I, gin, I think got a bad rap for such a long time, but I, but gin's the foundation of so many uh, amazing drinks. I love gin. I really do love gin. And honestly, people look at me, but you know, who really don't drink spirits at all. And they're like, gin. And and you're right. It got, it got sort of the old man treatment, you know, like it was like, that's what people thought like old, like sad men drank. It's just like cheap gin. Um, but oh gosh, it's so good. I, I, I truly love it. I like drinking it and it tastes like a forest. <laughs> gin does. Yeah. I mean, there's so, I mean, and I like that. Yeah. Well, it's funny we say the old man. I would say I always thought that with rye, and I want you to try the mm. Stellum rye, but that was always sort of the the idea that I had about rye. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it even came from the damn song, you know, and good old boys were right. drinking whiskey and rye. Same right. thing, by the way. Rye is whiskey. It always bothered right. me about that song. But rye is rye, first of all, was the king. Back in the early uh-huh. 20th century, rye was king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it has made such a comeback, and I think people are discovering it. So I'm, I want to know what you think of, of that mm-hmm. rye, which I frankly, the Stellum rye to me is one of the best things I've had in a while. My friend Fred Minnick, who's a big time uh, whiskey authority, recently posted something about how great he found it mm-hmm. to be as well. And But okay. you know what? I don't think anybody cares about that. I think they want to know what Patty Murin thinks of... <laughs> Of the Stellum Rye. So here we go again. We're going to take a little nose and let's see what you're getting on the nose. I'm I'm getting rye on the nose. Getting rye on the nose. You can't go wrong there. Taste. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. It's a little bit um it it's got a little more like sass to it. <laughs> it does, right? It's well that's the, it the does. rye, the rye, that grain, the rye grain has a little spicy zest. Spice, right? I was gonna it's, say yeah, spicy, it's, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. Take no prisoners, rye. It's a little more alive in your mouth. All right, so I love it. That's by the way, they're putting that on the on the uh, the ad campaign. It's a little more alive in your mouth. Yes, <laughs> this is why like, you can't take I me anywhere. It. Oh, it's good. Isn't that oh, good? It, is. it it leaves that sort of little tingle. That's like mm, like it's kind of like. And I love you're 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 just you're just going for it too. You're like rye on the rocks. Like don't even yeah. mess with me. Don't even don't put anything in my drink other than that. I didn't know that. Well, I figured if I was tasting them tonight, I shouldn't mix it with stuff because then how how would I know? You know what I mean? Like how would I? Of course. I, yeah. I, I just I'm not that that sophisticated in terms of I don't know that much about it, and so I needed to drink them straight up to really give you, you know, the the tasting notes. A, a true 
gauge of oh, this wow. spirit. Yes. All right. There we go. I, uh, we're gonna I ask a question uh, and you don't know what it is, so we're gonna ask the friend. Colin's got something to worry about here. A little competition for the position. Would, would you be possibly our in a pinch East Coast co-host? Yeah. If Colin had to go say Broadway and do something, and yeah. you happen to be not on Broadway at the time, all right, all right, this is good to Absolutely. know. Absolutely, I'm putting that right in my back pocket. Now, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned your daughter, yes, um, and Cecily, and I want to bring up something. I want to go to Wikipedia. We have this little segment we have called "Going to Wikipedia," and I'm going to play the theme song for "Going to Wikipedia" right now. Here we go. Oh my god, that's so cute! Do you recognize I that? Didn't know you recognize that. that voice? You recognize it? Yeah, I don't recognize it anywhere. I didn't. I didn't know that he wrote a a jingle for you. I don't know if you. I think "writes" a strong word. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> writing the jingle is invent strong... We we had had a bunch of whiskey. He had his guitar in his hand and a microphone, and I said, "Hey, what about this thing?" And he banged it out, which is impressive. That's, that's very I mean, impressive. Yeah. You know. Yep. Okay. So we're going to Wikipedia. Now, mm-hmm. Patty Murin, a cor- okay. is it Murin or Murin? It's Murin. Murin. Yeah, it, rhymes with, it rhymes with urine, yeah. Rhymes with urine, okay. Um, yeah. Yep. According to your Wikipedia page, oh God. your daughter, Cecily mm-hmm. Phillips, was born on July 14th, mm-hmm. 2020. So that is the, correct. That's good. So the question is, which of the following five celebrities just one, does not share the same birthday with Cecily. So four of these famous people were born on July 14th, and one was not. Why don't you tell me who that one was? You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going to go through the whole list. Don't, you know, beep, and then you tell me. Jane Lynch, Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Matthew Fox, and podcasting legend Dan Dunn. One of those was not born on July 14th. Again, Jane Lynch, Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Matthew Fox, podcasting legend Dan Dunn. I'm going to go with Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Was not born on that day. Was not born on on July 14th. Let's go to the judges. (laughs) Oh, no. You got it right. Well, Dan Dunn? No, Dan Dunn was born on July 14th. Yes, no, Cecily and I share the same birthday. It was Harrison Ford. Oh. Harrison Ford was born on July 13th, 1942, which means he's way too old to be flying planes, okay? He's a a wartime baby. Stop flying planes, Harrison Ford. You know, I live like, you heard when he crashed the plane in the golf course? I live a half mile from there. It's a half mile away from my house. Stop flying, Harrison Ford. But yes, I I was born on the same day, uh, or I should say say Cecily was born on the same day as me because I was around a little bit longer. So yes. And congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. And and I want to touch briefly on... You know, Cecily had had some some issues with her with her heart, and uh, mm-hmm. I I want you to tell it. I just remember Colin telling me while you were pregnant what was going on, and it was it was very touch and go. And so, tell us if you don't mind, like quickly what happened, and then and then and and how things are now. 
Yeah. Um, should we so have a Should we have she, a sip of whiskey before this? Brace ourselves yeah. for the story. Here we go. Take yep. a sip. Of it. Raise a toast. It, it's to, a, there's so, a happy ending. There so is. Don't worry. So we raise yeah. a toast mm-hmm. to Cecily here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we had a you know we she was born with a hole in her heart basically, which is actually very common for a lot of babies, but most of the time they close up. And so, but hers didn't. But we knew from the time that I was like 22 weeks pregnant because some super smart ultrasound technician saw it on an ultrasound on the tiny, tiny, tiny baby. (laughs) And so we went and we had like, you know, we went to the cardiologists and got better ultrasounds. And we found out that it was going to be pretty substantial and she was going to require surgery and whatnot. And, um, and she was also born very small because I've just growth all of it. It, it, it was like all the odds were sort of just like, you know. So when you get thrown. that news, you said 22 weeks. So how many months is that? That's yeah. you know, six months, something like around there, yes. right? Just under six months. So Five, yeah. what what goes – I can't imagine. I don't have children, but what what goes – I mean, T, are you panicking or is just just this – does this strength or survival thing kick in? Like what goes through your brain that moment when you find I'm gonna that be, out? I'm going to be totally honest. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to, neither of us were able to focus on that then because it was right when the pandemic was hitting. Um, I got COVID shortly after that. Yeah. Um, And she just, and then throughout the end of my pregnancy, you know, she just wasn't, growing as fast as they wanted her to. And so we were so much more concerned with her growth and getting her out and healthy. And honestly, this sounds insane, but it almost sort of slipped our minds a bit. The heart the heart it, condition. Yeah, because there were present concerns that were, were like totally took place. You know, they just t- took precedence over um, – over the heart surgery because we were like, well, we have to get her out first. You know, it was sort of, it was, we were very much in the moment and, and the world was completely changing and shutting down. And it was just like, it was, it was wild. Did, and did, so, was there a moment when you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what the yeah. fuck is happening? Like I, a year ago I was, uh, you know, I'm on Broadway and I'm this and this and this, and then, you know, and now I'm pregnant and the world is on shut down and, you know, and, and this thing's like, was it almost, too much to bear? Was it? It was or, like, yeah, it was like three months ago. I was on Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> and right. Now it's like, it. You know, it. It was. It was. You know, but that very beginning, no one really knew what was going to happen and how long it was going to last for. And, and I'm, I am so grateful that I had that to think about that I was pregnant because that was that was instantly grounding and it was instantly I had something to think about and it was me and getting and and being healthy and getting her out at, to full term and so pandemic aside all that whatnot you know it it, it was just very obvious like I we're staying home. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, that's what we're doing. We're, this is, this, this is the first priority, like a thousand percent. Um, but I do remember in the, in the beginning of it being like, yeah, well, hopefully by the time I have, you know, I give birth at the end of July, cause her due date wasn't until July 20 something. And I was like, I remember saying, uh, when we give, when we, you know, have the baby, uh, things will hopefully be like back to normal by then. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, but I'm very for, I feel good that I didn't give birth 
in the very beginning of that because there was about a two-week period of time where the hospitals weren't allowing birthing partners in. So they weren't allowing husbands and wives in the birthing room. Yeah, that so would have been, been terrible. I, I literally, I was like- Going on, going through that by yourself. I, I, I was like, I'll give birth in, in the lobby of my apartment building. Like, I will not go to the hospital that will not let my husband in. And so by the time we had her in mid-July, it, everything was a little, you know, it was a little bit more routine for them in terms of the checking in, the the policies, the, um, and, and when she was born, she had to spend a, a few days in the NICU because she was very tiny. She was four pounds, six ounces. Um, and, and because there was a hole in her heart, she the thing she had to do for surgery was to gain weight, but it's basically impossible when all of the, you know, all you're you're using all of your energy to breathe, um, and so she just didn't gain weight very much or very quickly. And so at ten weeks old, they, you know, they were like, "This is it's time to do it," and it was that it was the first checkup we had with her. It was two weeks after she was born that we brought her into the the cardiology team at Mount Sinai, who was. I cannot even tell you, I cannot even stress how incredible, incredible they are. Incredible. Um, and that was when all of a sudden it was like, oh God, I sort of forgot about this in the whole process of like stay, like getting her out. You know what I mean? Like in the whole thing of like getting her big and getting her healthy. And so that was sort of the kicker. And so about... She spent a week in the hospital about six weeks after she was born um, because she just wasn't she just wasn't gaining weight. And so we had to do the whole feeding tube thing. She had a feeding tube um, that we had Colin, you know, thank God he played a doctor on TV. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> like you would never you would never think. But like he played a cardiothoracic surgeon on television. And so even just practicing the things that he had to do to our actual child to fake babies on TV was like, it was, it just, it, it made such a difference, you know, because we had to, she had a feeding tube and she had a pump and, and it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to sort of handle. Um, and she had her surgery on September 22nd and, and it, and it was, you know, it was a Tuesday. It was crazy. It was nuts. Uh, you know, just like waiting. Um, but she is, She's great now. She healed. She's perfectly. doing amazing. Yeah. You can barely see her scar on her chest, which is like, you know. Do you to, think that kids that young, like they just have that fortitude, that like that spirit, that fighting, even at that young age? They have those new cells. Yeah. And it, it's also their bodies. That was something that was also pointed out to us by our the surgeon um, was that like, it's not like she's been using this heart for 40 years. It's a new heart. You know, it, it is not tired. It's not abused. It's a new heart. And so it's it's just they they have that cell turnover. You know what I mean? That we like would die for in our like, <laughs> like right now. I'm like, you know, please. She's clearly. And again, I bring up the determination because I was even thinking like in the womb, she was probably like, yeah. I'm not due till the end of July. But if I get out now, I will share the same birthday with Dan Dunn. Do you think that sort of determination came through where she was like, and not like be born on the same day as Harrison Ford? No, not Harrison Ford. No. No, yeah. just Dan Dunn and Matthew Fox from Lost yeah. and Phoebe I, I Waller like Bridges. 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 And who was the She's, other one? There was somebody uh, else. 
Uh, we already forgot. Oh, Jane Lynch. Jane, Jane Lynch. Love Jane Lynch. Yeah. So yeah. clearly, it's a good day. It's clearly, a good day. Cecily was like, you know what? I'm not screwing around, mom. I want to be with I the cool that, people. I think that babies are perhaps one of the like, just like I feel like we should all try to be like babies. Well, you posted a picture on Instagram uh, not long after the surgery. Right? It was Halloween, right? So yes, you dressed her up as a superhero. Captain Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel. And I gotta I gotta my, admit, yes, I got I got a little friend. I got a little teary eyed when I yeah. saw your post because you know, I know what you guys went through and, and and you know, and I wasn't in contact with you, but I was in contact with Colin, like when this stuff was going down in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you know, the level of composure I found so impressive and so inspiring you know because he wasn't like uh and i guess what are you gonna do in that i guess you can't do that but i was thinking about myself like i'd be like freaking out and he was not freaking out he was i he he had this really uh almost preternatural calm about him that everything was gonna work out you know and it did yeah it's it is that i think that is that's it's survival mode that's what it is because you know it you you just are very like I said before you're very present and in, in the moment of like okay this is what's happening and this is the, a minute has gone by and another minute has gone by and another minute has gone by and it is truly you just do what you have to do, um, and you know I think it's actually harder to be, um, like another degree away from the situation you know what I mean like like our parents I think it was harder for them because they weren't. Like they were waiting for news from us who are waiting for for news from, you know, the doctors and the the uh, physician's assistants and whatnot. And I, I just I think it, it truly is like a thing where you just have to you put your faith in in whoever and whatever is going to happen. You know, it's it's crazy. It's nuts. It's really it's really nuts. Um, I, I remember thinking to myself when it was all going on uh I don't even know if I said this to Colin or not, but I thought, well, someday when she's older, you guys got to take her to France because we are born on Bastille Day, French yeah, Independence are. Day. Yes. Yes. And if I'm still around, and that's that's a big if, <laughs> if I'm still Where around, are you going? <laughs> well, you know, I'm an old man here. No, uh, if if I'm still around, I was thinking, you know, when she's 18 or whatever. We all go to France. We all go to the, you know, to go to Paris for Bastille Day and we celebrate the birthday properly while fireworks yes. are going off and the Eiffel Tower is there and yep. all that good stuff. By the way, I'm just going here because I'm really trying to see if you really are a weepy maudlin drug. I'm trying to get you to cry and you won't do it. You just no, won't do it. Weird, won't, right? Do you want no. some more rye? You have some more of that Stella and rye? It might make you. No, she's That's not going to do it. I need more ice. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of holes in the heart. Should I tell you about my last relationship? Yes, please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, I'm mm. such a dick. Uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very hard to offend me. <laughs> no, I know. I just, you know, unless, I, unless you're my husband. <laughs> I have, I have. It's almost impossible for me to not turn to humor when bad things are happening. Like at the worst Same. times in the world, the worst things are happening. My brain is inundated with jokes. 
I don't know what it is, like this little gatekeeper that you have that stops mm-hmm. you from saying things. Mine's yeah. mine's lacks a little bit. Like some every once in a while, and you know, and now they go, "Oh, you're on the spectrum." I'm not on the fucking spectrum. I just said it because I wanted to say it. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm the same way. I I just I'm very I I use humor as a lot of things, a lot of things, you know. Um, and that was, you know, that, that, that probably saved me. And, and honestly, I think is, is what is going to make me and like, I feel like that's, what's going to make Cecily like a kid that turns out. Okay. Is that we're just like, I don't know, you know, like, I, I mean, it, it's like our, our motto for parenting for the first four months, five months was, well, crackheads do it. So we're fine. <laughs> like it, it, it's just, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I, but I do know what you mean when you're like, oh, no, 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 not right now. No, that doesn't, that's not an appropriate Don't thing to say. Don't say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Y- you know, I, I mean, I got in trouble, you know, when people, they'll say on Facebook, so they'll say, oh, they'll post a picture and they'll go, oh, dad, you know, you would have been 85 today mm-hmm. had you not died 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's weird. What? Yeah, and Ben Franklin would be three hundred and seventy. You know, like he died thirty. Uh, but then the other, the one that really got me, and this is what got me in trouble. Where I made the post was when they say, "But I miss, you. I think about you every day." Right now, I've lost. Like my brother died. People listening show know that my brother died tragically drowned. That's fucking bullshit. You just do not think about. You know, really? if you you'd have to go to therapy. My brother died. I just, I- my brother died 11 years ago. I love him. I miss him. It was a tragic, terrible thing. And the first, if I thought about my brother every day, still every day, if I thought of my brother, there's something wrong. Okay. But wait, but okay. But here's a question. Is there a difference between like just having a passing thought about your brother every day? Or like, are you, are you like thinking that these people are like, no, it's like, an expression. It's a, it's a figure of speech. Obviously yeah. I think about you every day. But that's what I'm saying. Those things like stick in my crawl where I'll go, right. well, you can't possibly think about this person every day. Like, you just don't. Like, you know, you know, no, it just doesn't happen. I need to get off social media. This is the I just, yeah, I, and I, I, I have to say I'm very, I'm very lucky. And so I, I, I don't have anything to compare that to. And I'm just going to take that as like a big fat, like, okay. Yeah. Thank I'm God. just saying it's okay. an example of things that right. I shouldn't say. Because then it's like, yeah. then, then next thing you know, everybody's coming at me on. So you fucking insensitive jerk off. And I'm yeah. like, I am, I know I am, I am. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. That, that is a weird example of how you can't really be yourself on social media. That's actually the backwards example of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, that is actually a great way of being like, oh, right, all right. I have myself and then the social media self that people don't accept. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, the whole oh, I, concept is Stupid. Now we're going down a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down, but we'll. Is social media? It's like, why do I fucking care? Like, I don't I know. know these people. I don't know I them. Know. Why do I care what they're saying to me? Like, or what, what are they doing? And oh, the world was better before that. But uh, let's uh, let's have a know, drink, shall we? It's 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 <laughs> where I'm like the 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 internet does so many great things, and I'm like, oh, jeez. I. But then it gives us Wikipedia, and like, how can we live without Wikipedia? I should we play? Should we play the song one more time? Let's play it one more time. Here we go. Yes, please. One more time. We're gonna ask a question, and you don't know what it is, so we're gonna ask the fighting. We're going to Wikipedia. 
guy's talent. He's a talent. He's a talent. I'm not gonna. He's okay. Not gonna lie. What what is the what is it proof on that ride by the way? A billion. It'll say it a billion. It'll say it right on the bottle, right below. See right where it says Stellum on there. See that? Yes. It'll say proof. What's it say? Fifty eight point twelve. Oh no, wait. One sixteen point twenty four. Ooh. Okay. So do you understand proof? Do you know what? So proof is the so pr- alco- alcohol by volume, and you double that, and that's the proof. So I know that wine is like eleven to thirteen <laughs> percent alcohol, but by volume, right? So it's mm-hmm. a different. Yeah. It. So in other words, it sounds a lot lower when you say that. Wait, what? If you have a if you have a wine that is thirteen uh-huh. percent alcohol. If you uh-huh. compare that to a bottle of whiskey, which is 40%, you're like, oh, the wine. But it's it's alcohol by volume, right? Right. A bottle of uh, 40% alcohol by volume mm-hmm. liquor, you're going to get 20, how many pours are you going to get out? Two ounce pours. You're going to get way more pours than you're going to get out of a bottle of wine. Volume right, because okay, I get yeah. like two pours out of my bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the restaurant standard is four, right? Like you're going to get four for- Per bottle, yeah. Except honestly, you're the ones, a big pour. You're I, a heavy pour. I see that. That's yeah. why I know which restaurants I don't want to go to because of the ones that they're like there are six actually. You know, because they work off of like five ounce glasses of wine. You're like that, that's a sip. Like that's a, literally a sip. Yeah. Some some restaurants try to get five, but now I think it's four, four pours I, per I, bottle. I yeah. agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, we're, we're good. With it. But you want two, so it's half a bottle for pour. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right, well, is that weird? No, I think you should start your own restaurant. I'll come there. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there every night. <laughs> One glass of Dude, wine is thirty dollars. <laughs> half a bottle per glass. Uh, Patty Murin, I. It was such a, a thrill having you on the show. Um, when's the uh, When's the, the the Malta movie coming on? The Spy June twentieth. June twentieth. You heard it here. It's called. Go to ahead. Catch a spy. And it's actually one day after mine and Colin's six-year anniversary. What? Yeah. It's amazing. It's going to be a big weekend for us. It's a big weekend. And then- Especially uh, if you're- I was going to say the whole week is going to be big. Well, I'm going to be- You might be partying with me in New York on June 16th at the stand. If you're there, you're coming on the show. You're jumping on. Yes. And we will will do this again. I- I- I'll have the folks from Stellum send you some more stuff because clearly you love the rye. I do. And the I bourbon. Really do. Yeah, I, I really do. And now I, I'm probably going to make Colin just, um, I'm going to make him make me all those cocktails that we talked about, like just one after another. Where would <laughs> you, uh, where would one find you on the social medias? I am ba- I am at Patty Murin, P-A-T-T-I-M-U-R-I-N. On Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Yep. Okay. And by the way, I'm I'm not even going to normally I do like an ending. I'm ending now, folks. The show's <laughs> over now. I just made this decision. You know what? Because I'm I'm enjoying my bourbon and ginger so much. I don't want to keep going. Yeah. I don't want to record anything else, everybody. So this is Smart. the end of the show. Smart. In fact, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Patty Murin bring the show home. You end the show for me. I'm just gonna sit back and drink. Go ahead. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, this has been very informative for me because I I now have a new favorite bourbon and rye. So thank you, Dan Dunn, for having me. And thank you to the East Coast host, Colin Donnell, for setting me up with this delightful uh, excuse me. situation. It's, it's East Coast co-host. Not host. Co-host. Yeah. Wait. 
East Coast co Do you have a West Coast co-host? Not yet, but he's not East Coast host. I'm oh, the, I get it. I'm those East Coast co -host. I get it. Okay, yeah. I was just going to say, I didn't – yeah, you're leaving your options open. Okay. So thank you all so much for joining us, and let's all raise a glass to Stellum Bourbon. 